Hello all, Ben Mitchell here with another Squiggly Podcast Minnesota from the 22nd Encounters Festival, taking place in Bristol this week. And it's been a brilliant time, as always, with some stunning animation films, and once again, we'll be hearing from some of the artists responsible for them. These are taken from our filmmaker Q&As we're holding after each screening. So if you're at the festival the day this goes up, which is Friday 23rd of September, then you can come by the last two sessions in person at Waterside One in the Watershed, where the festival's taking place. But if not, then watch this space, as we'll be putting them up here also. In the meantime, here's a chat with some talents from the animation screening The Weight of Humanity. We're talking to Jennifer Zeng about her Kingston University graduation film Tough, as well as Jodie Haslam, who the keen of eye will notice as this month's squiggly sight banner artist. She's talking about her UE Bristol School of Animation film The Race. Also joining us is Ben O'Connor. His film is A Terrible Hullabaloo. So I guess to begin with, at the beginning, it would be great for you guys to introduce yourselves and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your path to animation and uh, what brought you here today. Hi, my name is Jennifer Zhang. I did Tough. Um, I started animating when I went to university at Kingston University two years ago, and here I am now. Hi, I'm Jodie Haslam. Um, I made the film The Race. I uh, just recently graduated from UE in Bristol, and uh, at the moment I'm freelancing and doing 2D animation in Bristol still. Uh, hello, I'm Ben O'Connor, and I made the film Terrible Hullabaloo, and uh, I kind of do special effects mainly, but uh, this is my kind of first film. I guess to start with, uh, the film that we all just sort of saw last was tough. I guess it's from personal experience. Um, what kind of motivated you to make a film about this subject? Um, well, I, I guess I kind of had a, a big identity crisis over the summer before I started my film. And then I decided to talk to, talk to my mum about it, actually. thought that, uh, yeah, I would I'd try to address it in my film to work through those feelings. This is a film you made at Kingston, right? Yeah. Cool. And how did you find the experience there? Thought it was great. My tutor's actually standing around there. <laughs> so yeah, Martina was my tutor. The lovely woman wouldn't have been able to do it without her. Thank you very much. And then of course my mum's here as well. Hi, mum. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? How you found Kingston as a oh, yeah. environment? It was amazing, it was great, the community was amazing. I loved working with my friends uh, really late at night, getting takeout to the studio, just working really hard. I thought it was really great. Wish I could go back, but I can't now. And another student film from the Bristol School of Animation, Jodie's film, and I guess same sort of question, how have you found Yui? I thought it was great. I thought they really give you enough space to try and develop your own style and your own work. Like, there's not a house style, so it really let everybody find their own working method, find their own style and what they wanted to tell through animation, whether that's something like a narrative piece or more abstract, which was great viewing them at the end of the year because every piece was so varied that it was just uh, like beautiful screening at the end of the year, just seeing everybody's thought processes up on a screen. May well guess where did it come from, the sort of idea and the development, that kind of thing? I thought about it last year, I'd say like the idea first sprung up, um, I was thinking about uh, university and progressing into third year and kind of like measuring ambition. Um, I think I've always had quite a bit of ambition um, and I kind of thought, oh, everybody always must have like the same goals and one must always try and be trying to get to the same end point. But starting uni and moving and being independent, I realised people's goals are different and they set themselves different career paths, different life paths. 
Um, and then all the stuff with 2016 happened where the world's kind of gone to hell and it kind of seemed to fit in with how some people's career goals kind of push other people out the way and destroy theirs. I think in this industry also that's a particularly sort of astute message <laughs> for people to bear in mind. Um, certainly I, I found it was quite resonant. So moving on to Ben, your film quite different. Another oral history in a sense, which I thought was really interesting. How did you come across that uh, recording? It was actually, it's from a documentary called A Television History of Ireland. Have you ever seen The World of War? It's the same fellow who made that, he made like an Irish version. And it was just uh, because like there's the whole 1916 centenary thing going on in Ireland and they wanted to do kind of like films around that subject. So like I wanted to get someone who wasn't like necessarily a martyr, like the famous kind of people who died and stuff and just somebody who was there and just kind of saw it and kind of had their own kind of take on it. How are the, uh, the funding circumstances over there to get a film like that made? That was, yeah, because it was part of a funding programme because of 1916, so like we saw that that was coming up and we kind of wanted to make something, I suppose, that was very accessible for, like for old people, young people and things like that, and, but still kind of uh, very honest, I suppose, like didn't want to mess around with history or kind of make it out that certain, like, you know, there was a narrative to it because there kind of isn't really... It was very just, he went there and he ate biscuits and he went home. That was it. <laughs> For him, like, yeah. yeah. Cool. So why, um, I guess, first of all, why puppets? And then uh, why uh, human eyes? Why human eyes? Yeah, no, it, it, was, it was a very strange, because it was originally supposed to be stop motion, but because it was part of a funding programme that had to be out at a certain stage, and, like, we had, like, time constraints, so we had to, like, shoot it all within five weeks. Uh, it it was just like puppets were the only practical solution. And then because we lost a lot of what was going to be in stop motion, eyes and kind of looking, and we then kind of in the post decided that we should stick eyes on. I had one set of eyes is mine in it. Yeah. And the other set is the writers, the main characters, the writers. And we own the company together. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. And other, one was the banjo player who did the music. And we just asked people who were there, it's like, we'll just use your eyes. Can you be this character? Can you look around? You're looking over there, you're looking out here. And we just filmed them and, yeah, popped their eyes in. Very well. Do you have any questions? Um, this might be only for two of you, but um, do you consider the films documentaries that you made? Um, I would mind because, yeah, I was very stringent about not actually steering away from actual reality because they, they wanted like some people were saying like kind of introduce a story and I was kind of like this is exactly what happened like the English soldier at the end being shot they wanted to cut that out but uh, I was kind of like that's it just happened and they're like what's the reason for it is there like a meaning behind it and I was like no just something that happened it was in his statement as he walked home someone just got shot behind him I actually find this like a really hard thing to define I would probably say it's more of like docufiction than strict documentary because I mean the audio recording is real it's a um, it's a real conversation my, mo my mother and I had together and all of the things that she said happened actually happened but my scenes as they're constructed obviously I was never in the cultural revolution I didn't see there's very few pictures from that time it was all constructed from what I thought while my mother was telling me the details of what she remembered so it is based upon like photographs that I saw of around that time but the children like running that's just sort of constructed out of my own head but based on a historical backing so that's what i would say cool. why did you think the media animation 
Well, mine was animation in Photoshop. I did all of the line work and colors in Photoshop, and then I printed out all the frames, and then I animated the shadows with pencil on tracing paper on a light box, and then I scanned them all back in, and I overlaid that on top. And I chose, well, I just love 2D animation, and also I chose to do the sort of pencil because the texture, it gives this sort of like warm feeling, and you can sort of tell that I've actually touched the film, and also I kind of wanted to have sort of like a memento of making the film. So I do actually have the frames with me, I brought some, I made them into like a little flipbook, I'll show you afterwards. But yeah, I don't know why, yeah, I decided to print, print out every single frame and then trace it and then scan it all back in because, <laughs> because I wanted flipbooks, I don't know. <laughs> but it was worth it in the end, I think. I think animation is great for creating um, like a dark kind of comedy world, particularly if you want like a surreal environment, you can base it and create whatever world you want. You don't have to worry about physics or practicalities of things. It's basically just putting your mind um, in a film. And I think it's, it's probably like the most direct way I can think of for trying to do that and the story that I wanted to tell. Um, I can't even think of the practicalities of trying to get babies running down a racetrack and then morphing <laughs> into other people. So um, also the fact that I just love animating it was the chance to work on a film for like a whole year and just animate was, was like a dream come true. So I'm going to say for purely selfish reasons, I chose animation. I don't know if mine was animation. I actually had an argument with an animator about this. He, he reckons it's not. So there you go. <laughs> do you do, because you said, was it special effects you say you do? Well, yeah, and we also, we like, because we were actually working on another stop motion and we were building the sets and I was in there talking to this stop motion animator. And we were having we have an ongoing argument about because it's being entered into some animation festivals, and he's just adamant that it's not animation. And so, uh, sorry, is it um, is a live action puppeteering? Yeah. Yeah, with, with the live action eyes. Comped with in. comped in, and there, there there is a certain amount of animation. Like at the start, the opening shot, like that's all we only built like the green section, and then I made the whole city and tracked it and popped it into because if you actually see that photo it's just a little patch of land in our workshop with some blue behind it the tracking shots in the, in the environment in the, the, the bottom out environment that's all live action it's all real the only thing that's fake is I've, I've put in the seagull which we uh, puppeted in front of a blue screen so you're an imposter <laughs> yeah just a fake Yeah, because I wanted everything to be like everything in it is real. Like I didn't, nothing is made on a computer. It's the thing, even though it's all kind of assembled. It's like even anything that's in it is something that we really got and photographed and made. And even the the buildings that are three D kind of put in, they're photo scanned of actual models. So we kind of just multiplied them. It wasn't like made on a computer. So like we just used computers to bring it all together, kind of. I mean, animation festivals have been quite a good home for live-action puppetry films. I, I kind of consider more animation myself just because everything is kind of made. Like, every head is sculpted. It's, it's, it's all come from somewhere. Somebody's made it, whereas, like, live-action is more of performance-driven. And that was the thing, is, like, that's the one thing I would have, if I was to do it again, I would get in puppeteers. I puppeted most of it, and it's not that easy. Yeah, you know, so that's why you can see some shaky puppetry going on. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah. Well, I guess to, to wrap up with it, would be good to just uh, ask you guys what uh, what's next for you, what your sort of long game plans are with projects and such. I'm at the moment. I'm I'm doing like special effects. So I'm working on a film for the next five months. I've got to, that's. Uh, but then after that, I'm planning on doing another maybe feature myself. So that's uh, kind of in the works. I'm freelancing around Bristol, so I've got bits of work coming up, but then also still creating independent work in my free time. So a little bit of both. I'm currently full-time at Moth Collective, so I'm there for the foreseeable future, but I do want to be um, a director myself, and I'd like to do some more personal work. But I'm currently a little bit burned out, but we'll see in the future. <laughs> Hopefully a master's. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. Thanks to everyone for chatting with us there. You can check out their work at jenniferseng.co.uk, jodiehaslam.com, and facebook.com slash a terrible hullabaloo. Next up, we're speaking to filmmakers from the screening Top of the Class, Swiss director Luke Gut on the wonderful and very relatable OS Love, plus animator Joseph Wallace and Merrin Cobbin of Picasso Pictures are discussing their James music video Dear John, directed by Peter Vach, and Geber Ushvat, the producer of Reka Bukshi's wonderful new film, Love. My name is Luke Gut. I did the last film uh, called OS Love, that is about um, computers, specifically uh, Mac here, and drifting into a surreal world. The, the idea came by my daily life of staring into the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Marin. I didn't actually make the film, but I represent Peter Vatz, who directed Dear John, which was the music video for the band James, which was the stop-motion figures, um, one of which who turns into a tree. <laughs> yeah, and my name's Joseph Wallace, and I worked on the video as well. I'm not the director, yeah. As Marin said, Peter is the director. I did the story and the animation, the cinematography, and everything else with him. My name is Gabor Oshvat. I produced the first movie, which was called Love, and it's directed by Reka Bucci, and it's a co-production between France and Hungary. To start with your no, no tough questions. I'm just a producer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're familiar with uh, Reka. Like we're big fans of her work and uh, Symphony Number no. Forty Two. Were you involved in that one as well? No, but I, I'm, as a fan, I was involved. I've seen it multiple times. It was her graduation movie. It traveled all, ar all around the world and got shortlisted for an Oscar even. So it was very easy to finance her next movie, to be honest. <laughs> so how did you two come to work together on that? We met at Berlinale. I was there f for a different reason. She was in official competition, of course. And uh, it was like two and a half years ago. And then we decided to work together. We had some mutual friends. And uh, it was quite easy, to be honest. And we had to... Uh, apply in both countries, so that was the only tough question along the way. So was it funding from different countries as well? Yeah, just France and Hungary. We get the main funds from both countries and also Arte from France. It came together quite quickly. Okay. And with a film like this, and do you then do you pitch it to the funding bodies or are there schemes in place that are sort of looking for films each year? We have, we have to apply. Like, uh, like three deadlines in Hungary and I think CNC in France also has like multiple deadlines and uh, yeah we apply with the synopsis and some visuals and then next round we show some storyboards and mm -hmm. it's as easy as that. 
with Rick not being here, and I'll try not to be tough on you, but <laughs> from your perspectives, do you have any sort of insight into some of her like uh, visual generation process? There's wonderful, striking visuals throughout the film, and um, really holds together very well. Did you get much of a sort of look into that sort of thing? Well, I, th I think she's, uh, her style is very simple, I think. It's very, if you've seen her previous movie, there are similarities, obviously. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, she would say it's very simplistic. It's, it's uh, for the story and for these uh, strange creatures. Uh, and uh, her previous movie was like people laughing. It's a, it was a like, com comic movie. People laughing all the way. For, this one is a very, I would say it's melancholic. But uh, because it's love, it's obviously uh, how you look into it. It tells a lot about yourself. For example, for me, it's a very sad film. My uh, partner in the company who just got married said, it, yeah, it's, it's a feel-good movie. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's very sad. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I hope you can get different. I think suddenly it, it felt very kind of, there are elements of it are quite warm and comedic and then yeah there is that sort of somber tone as well so yeah it could be very much depending on your headspace or your attitude toward love whenever you watch it it will sort of determine how you how you take it in but, but that's I think you know another sort of testament to the way the visuals are kind of interwoven and thought out and they can be you know read in different sort of ways and different moods so, so if we talk a bit about uh, Dear John we spoke to you and Peter recently for the website, but for the benefit of people who are here, uh, maybe you could sort of summarize a little bit about your and Peter's working relationship and how this music video kind of came about. Yeah, so um, so actually Peter was a classmate of Reka at MoMA in, uh, in Hungary, and I also studied there for a bit during a course called Animation Sans Frontières, which is a kind of European um, animation development program. Um, so Peter and I met there and we studied at four different kind of film schools around Europe and so I guess had a kind of common ground, had a, sh a, lo a load of kind of shared references and um, yeah we've made a lot of sort of work together since and helped develop each other's films and kind of given feedback and things over the years and also spent time in France kind of running a film collective and then Peter had made a music video for James already for their last album um, for a track called All I'm Saying, which was um, a sort of slightly more simple puppet animation that he did on his own. And for this one, he wanted to kind of have a, a bigger team, so got me over. So we shot the whole thing in, in Budapest um, in a little studio there. Uh, and they're really only, well, at max, kind of four of us working on, on the production. And it took about four weeks to do kind of most of the work there was a bit of development kind of back and forth skyping between peter and i between kind of london and budapest and then yeah the actual production was about four weeks so it's kind of long days in a darkened room even though it was really beautiful and sunny outside and i just wanted to go and see budapest but it was um, yeah it was great so talk a bit about uh, os love so this film uh you know i think a lot of people you could tell in the audience found it quite relatable um, it taps into, I think, a lot of our, our procrastination impulses, certainly, and that sort of need to kind of keep things organized and yet constantly distracted at the same time. But what sort of struck me is just how much would have gone into making the film, like just sort of dismantling 
uh, an OS layout and then sort of putting it together as an animation. Uh, can you talk a bit about like how you took on that? Yeah, yeah I really underestimated it. I thought I was going to screen capture a bit, have these elements that I could download also, many of them, and yeah, and then play with them. And I thought pretty soon I'll have a film together. And of course it wasn't the case. And I had to reanimate uh, a lot of these OS animations, like the little windows popping up like that. And, and the hardest thing in the end was for me to get in uh, that, that it has a bit of a storyline, that it's not just a few effects rolled together. And yeah, it was more than I thought. <laughs> also, are there any questions in the audience for the filmmakers? And do you think there's like a perfection in real life of like, because obviously there's cases of how technologies become more violent, basically, like, so how soon artificial intelligence could be a big part of the world? And is that what maybe inspired you in some way to make a film? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's one thing, and then also I, I I found interesting, in general, like that in 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 the corporate world, uh, more and more kind of uh, like techniques from the spiritual world come into like people start making a lot of yoga and meditating and, and things like that to um, yeah to be a bit more productive in the end, and like also companies. Uh, advertising that in a way and I've, I found that kind of yeah, strange also it's also has positive aspects of course but that was also a theme and I, I kind of uh, had the impression to find that also in, in the operating system itself yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah, I think these things are always going to change in a way because time is always a massive factor. It's a kind of restraining factor. And so you kind of have certain ideas at the beginning. And as you get into production and you kind of establish a quality and want to sustain that quality, it's quite hard to um, always kind of include all the ideas at the beginning. But the story, I mean, I think Peter talked quite a lot at the beginning with, um, as Merriman was saying, with Tim Booth, who's the lead singer of the band. And they'd established this relationship with the last music video. So they, they were kind of having a dialogue about the ideas and the meaning behind the lyrics. Um, and he kind of had all these elements. He'd done a load of drawings. And I guess when I came on board, I sort of tried to put them into a narrative, into a kind of structure. Um, and hopefully that there's something in there that's kind of relatable, albeit in a kind of, you know, metaphoric sort of uh, fairy tale way, but something that's relatable for people in terms of relationships and kind of getting lost and, yeah, what we kind of hold on to. And also transformation and change and everything. Um, so, but yeah, there was originally uh, a slightly more complicated story with a lake and reflections and all sorts of other kinds of animation that in the end we were like right i've got time to make that set so let's just put it all in the forest and kind of you know you streamline things and in the end it actually makes it all kind of better it always ends up being uh better for those kind of pressures um so i think there's yeah there's a certain amount of kind of change in development and originally the, the guy at the end turned into a flower instead of a tree and that that kind of changed through conversations with the lead singer and Peter having a dream about himself turning into a tree. <laughs> I have a question about the theater. Um, you're interested in the public making side of it. 
how comes I made this letter it was so thin and Well, yeah. I mean, actually, there's there's a making of that we did for Dear John, where you can see kind of glimpses of the puppets in process. So if you go on the on the music video on Vimeo, there's a link underneath to a making of, which kind of shows some of the behind the scenes stuff. But essentially, the puppets. I mean, both Peter and I have a kind of drawing style, which is quite economic and sort of thin characters. The puppets are essentially just made out of twisted wire, twisted aluminium wire, um, which often then gets kind of covered in foam or you know balsa wood or whatever to kind of bulk things out but we essentially just leave out that process. And so the puppets are made from um, Sculpey, which is kind of clay that you sculpt and bake in the oven. And it's great because you can, you can kind of mold it and then bake it and sculpt it and cut bits off and paint it. Um, yeah, and the, and the bodies are really very simple. They're just kind of twisted wire and then they're covered in, in paper, um, in kind of cracked paper and tissue paper. And, they, and it, it sort of sounds like they break a lot, but it keeps papers sort of surprising. It keeps a lot of flexibility. So it's really just the kind of the essence of the character. Then you can get quite a lot of movement and expression out of that. Is it called or, or? No, they reveal the secrets. They're, they're just, uh, we kind of just drill holes in the set and then you just shove the legs into that. So um, it's very, it's quick. I think it's one of the quickest ways of doing puppet animation avoiding magnets and tie downs and things like that it's very immediate uh, in terms of yeah, kind of securing the puppets to the set well, I think we've got time for one more question how long did each one take like, from this first idea to like how long did they so how long did each take from the idea to the premiere one and a half year I guess but uh, or almost two if you uh, first we applied and unsuccessfully, okay, that was the one glitch, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one and a half year, I guess. It was probably about eight weeks in total, I think, so from... Production, 12, but that's including... Sort of... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I also had one and a half years about. That's why it's not the newest operating system. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everyone, and everyone have a good afternoon. So to learn more about those films, visit Luke Gutt's site at gut.li. Joseph Wallace can be found at josephwallace.co.uk. You may also want to visit picassopictures.com and the director's website, petervaksh.com. And for more on the film Love, check out the director's site, rekabukshi.tumblr.com. That's R-E-K-A-B-U-C-S-I. That's all from me for now. We'll be taking the weekend to break things up a bit, and we'll resume this series on Monday. So don't forget to check back with us at squiggly.com. Bye for now. Bye.